Welcome to The Grange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science technology and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia. We're a youth organisation aged 15 to 25 whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. It's the most important science award of the year. That's right, it's the Ig Nobel Prizes. This year in 2018, we're going to focus on individual parts of the Ig Nobel Prize each week. First, we're going to turn our eyes to the Medicine Award, which is awarded to some fantastic researchers who rode roller coasters with the idea of relieving pain from a particularly dangerous medical condition. Then we're going to find out a bit more about the science of roller coasters and other potential or not heavy health benefits. It's scientists and, of course, this podcast's favourite time of the year. It's award season time, and in the glitzy world of scientists, no award is more prestigious, at least in some circles, than the Ig Nobel Prize. Now, the Ig Nobel Prize, unlike other prize categories, is actually reasonably gender diverse, a 40-60% split roughly this year, and the purpose of the Ig Nobel Prizes is to honour achievements in science that make people laugh and then make them think. It's usually done to celebrate the unusual, honour the imaginative, and get people interested in new aspects of science, medicine, and technology. And it all culminates in a massive gala ceremony full of paper aeroplanes being launched and amazing activities and particularly interesting ways of getting long speeches off the stage in front of over a thousand people at Harvard University's Sanders Theatre. Now, it's been going for 28 years, and this year is the 21st Annual Ig Nobel Prize Award Ceremony, and just occurred on Thursday, September 13th, in Harvard University, obviously in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Now, the Ig Nobel Prizes are run by the Improbable Research Group, who publish the journal, The Annals of Improbable Research, and go a long way to put out their science that is a little bit interesting, but also very, very important, just for a niche group of people. Most often, they actually honour people in research over a long career for answering questions that nobody bothered to ask, or even think of asking. And that's what we're going to be looking at this week. Now, we've covered the Ig Nobel Prizes in the past, and this week will be no different. But first, we're going to break it out into multi-part specials. First off, we're going to look at one impressive category that somehow managed to combine the riding of roller coasters with solving one of the most painful medical experiences for a lot of people suffering from a particular condition. Then after that, we're going to dive into the sciences behind riding roller coasters and what else we may be able to learn from them, and why researchers Mark Mitchell and David Wartinger were awarded the 2018 Ig Nobel Prize in Medicine for this particular study. Now this year, the 2018 Ig Nobel Prize for Medicine was awarded to Mark Mitchell and David Wartinger, for both of them for researching a very, very important topic. The paper was titled, Paleolocal Lyceal Renal Model with the Evaluation of Renal Calculi Passage While Riding a Roller Coaster. Now, that might sound like a mouthful to you and me, but it's actually a kidneyful. And that's because what they're talking about here is using a roller coaster, to help people suffering from kidney stones. Now let's first explain exactly what a kidney stone is. Now a kidney stone is a medical condition where you get a buildup or heart of hard deposit of minerals and acid salts that basically stick together, particularly in concentrated urine. And they can be incredibly painful when passing through the urinary tract. Now normally they don't actually do permanent damage, but they're incredibly painful until they're broken up and pass. And there's not a lot of great 
treatments out there for them. So what generally happens is the stone forms in the kidney and then it gets broken into smaller and smaller pieces until it can pass through the utera and bladder and then out through the urinary tract. And normally treatment involves lots of pain relievers, drinking lots of water to help pass the stone, and some medical priests try and break up the stone into smaller pieces that can get passed through. But realistically, it can be something that is with you for days to weeks and can involve no treatment at all to a lot of potentially painful treatment and a lot of painkillers. So trying to find a way to treat kidney stones in a more enjoyable experience for everybody is greatly necessary because best case is you have a small kidney stone that is passed painfully through your urinary tract. The worst case is you have a very large one that requires medical intervention that breaks it up. Then you don't have one large kidney stone you have to pass painfully. You have lots of kidney stones you have to pass painfully. So there's no real good outcome if you suffer from it. And that's why these researchers have been trying to dig into a way to find a better treatment for kidney stones. Now, the worst part about this is that kidney stones impact about 300,000 patients in the United States each year, experiencing severe pain enough to send them to the emergency department. And kidney stones have by the name, have the name renal calculi. Now, sometimes we try to get them to have positional inversion. Sometimes we try to external application of force to the body against a wall and all kinds of different ways to try and get things out. But there have been some interesting reports in the past of spontaneous kidney stone passage, often associated with strange conditions, like bungee cord jumping or roller coaster riding. And those sound very funny. Because when these researchers heard that, they, they laughed. But when several of their patients, not just one or two, but lots of patients, reported Oh, spontaneously passing their kidney stones. After riding Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, which is a roller coaster in Walt Disney World, which is the one in Orlando, Magic Kingdom theme park. There was enough people who reported back passing the kidney stones to raise suspicion in the two researchers. They thought, well, maybe we need to go check it out. One patient in particular reported passing Reno Calculi after three consecutive rides on the roller coaster. Most actually reported passing the kidney stones within hours of leaving the amusement park. And all of them rode the roller coaster during the visit. But that was enough for these researchers to go, you know what? Okay, fine. We're going to need to do an investigation. And an investigation is exactly what they did. But being good scientists, they actually did it in a multi-part approach. What they did first was try to ride the roller coaster with a sample of a kidney and then from there get some information on whether or not it's even plausible and worth doing a more detailed study. So based on this, David Wartinger, who's a professor emeritus in the Department of Osteopathic Surgical Specialities, loaded himself up with a model, a synthetic 3D model of a hollow kidney, complete with Three kidney stones, each of them no larger than four millimetres, inserted into the replica model. He then took that model with him onto Big Thunder Mountain at Disney World theme park at least 20 times. And as a result of that initial pilot study, he found that, yes, the kidney stones were passed through. 
Not necessarily all the time, but that's an important part. In the pilot study, Wartinger says, sitting the last car of the roller coaster showed about a 64% passage rate, while sitting in the first few cars, it only had about a 16% success rate. But that was enough for Professor Wartinger to really double down here and investigate much more deeply. And that's where Mark Mitchell got involved. Now, Mark Mitchell was an MSU resident at the time. He assisted Professor Wartinger with trying to ride the roller coaster with lots of different kidney models attached to them. And what they discovered is that there were even better results back of the roller coaster. With their loaded backpacks full of kidney models of varieties of shapes and sizes, full of kidney stones of varieties and shapes and sizes, all in all, 174 different kidney stones were tested all with different sizes, shapes, and weight. And they wanted to see if each model worked the same. And the interesting results are as follows. Basically, sitting at the back of the roller coaster was your best chances of passing a kidney stone. A nearly 70% chance if you're sitting towards the back of the roller coaster. But if you were sitting in the very last row and the kidney stone was in the upper chamber of the kidney, was a near guaranteed, 100% almost, success rate of passing that kidney stone. And that is pretty interesting. So, these researchers did obviously the next thing. If Big Thunder Mountain was a particularly successful kidney stone passing machine or medical treatment device, are there other roller coasters that could also do the same thing? Now, before everyone jumps on a roller coaster, let's actually talk a little bit about G-force. Now, G-force, the jerk or the magnitude of gravitational force that you experience, can vary in a lot of different situations. But it's also important to know the time at which that acceleration took place over. For example, getting slapped in the face might impose hundreds of G-force locally on your body. But aside from a bruise and a mark and a bruised ego, that doesn't do any real damage. By comparison, a constant g-force of 16 g's for a minute can have deadly consequences. When you experience vibration, you get relatively low peak g-levels, but it can be severely damaging if that's the resonant frequency of any organs or connective tissue. So just how much g-force can a person take? Well, you'll know that fighter pilots actually wear special g-suits to help them resist g-force and reduce the strain on their muscles. They also actually undergo high g training. So based on that, pilots can typically, with the right equipment and training, sustain around 9g, which is 88 meters per second squared. Now in aircraft, you often get a lot of vertical g-force. And when you have that specifically positive g-force, you can get things like tunnel vision, graying out, blackouts, even death if it's not treated. But basically, that's because blood is pushed towards the feet and away from the head. But in vertical g-force, you can also have the opposite, negative or downward g-force. And there's a much lower limit for this, because what this does is drive blood into the head. And there's a much lower 
tolerance that your human body can take for that situation. Particularly, it's roughly around negative 2 to negative 3 Gs, which is only 20 to 29 meters a second squared. What happens in this case is you get red out, where your vision is blurred because of the blood pooling in your eyes. So negative G-force is also pretty bad. The other type of G-force is horizontal G-force. And this is what you experience when you go around a particularly sharp bend. Now, in this case, you can handle a much wider range. For example, you can handle about 20G for less than 10 seconds, or 10G for one minute, and about 6G for 10 minutes, before this starts doing severe damage to your eyeballs inside and out. Now, particular acceleration pioneers who rode series of rocket sleds in the 1950s managed to clock out at about Mach 9, so not almost the speed of sound in a circle, which he experienced 46 times the acceleration of gravity and more than 25G for one second. And he survived. He lived to age 89 without any ill effects. So G-force has a lot to do with where you experience the G-force, so whether it's positive or negative vertically or horizontally, and for how long. So different roller coaster types will basically have different profiles of G-force. Some will experience more horizontal G-force for different periods of time, and others will experience more vertical G-force. science they went and rode more roller coasters with of course their backpacks of the kidney models and these included space mountain and aerosmith's rock and roller coaster but what was interesting about those is they didn't see anywhere near the same success rate for passing kidney stones in fact they didn't really work at all now professor vortinger believes that this is tied to the type of g-forces that you experience when riding these rides now if you have a very pronounced piece of g-force particularly also vertical g-force that pins the kidney stone into the kidney and doesn't let it pass instead of pushing it through it's basically stuck in place like you are when you go around a particularly sharp bend in a high g-force section of a roller coaster the same thing holding you down into the seat that centripetal acceleration also holding you or holding the kidney stone into your kidney so based on that Vortinger and Mitchell uh, believe that the ideal roller coaster is something that's rough and quick with some twists and turns, but crucially, no upside down or inverted movements. None of that vertical G-force rubbish. And if you think about it, this is incredible. Now tickets to theme parks like Disney World are very expensive. But in the United States, so is getting a kidney stone treatment called lithotripsy which is something they use to break apart kidney stones that are too large to pass. Now, for something like that, the treatment could cost anywhere between five dollars to $10,000. But a plane ticket and an entry to Disney World, as well as, I guess, your time for waiting in the queue at Disney World, is a lot cheaper than that, especially if you live already in the United States. And the other important part here is that even treatments like lithotripsy that we talked about earlier, but that breaks up really large kidney stones, is that, well that doesn't get rid of them. All it does is it breaks them up from being larger than five millimeters into smaller pieces, which are still pretty time consuming and painful to pass. It's basically a waiting game. 
Supporting his recommendation is, if you've had kidney stone treatment, the best thing you can do is ride a roller coaster that's rough and quick with some twisted turns, but no upside down or inverted movements. Because that will potentially get rid of all those small parts left over behind after the treatment. And you could even do it as a maintenance method to help reduce the chance of another kidney stone forming. The important part to note here is that Professor Wartinger does really state that if you have things like a heart condition or a brain condition that makes riding a G-force intensive roller coaster less than ideal, then no matter how painful your kidney stones are, this treatment is probably not for you. But if you are over the certain height requirements and your brain and heart are in good working order and there's no other medical advice, then riding a roller coaster may be the simplest way to pass that kidney stone. And it's for this particular research that David Wartinger and Mark Mitchell rewarded the Ig Nobel Prize 2018 in medicine. a roller coaster a lot of times you need to think about what else it's pushing around inside your body and that's where some researchers from UBC have been digging into the question about what's going on inside your head during a roller coaster ride. Now this research by Linia Wu, Patrick Ye, Kave Laksari, David B. Camarillo and Ellen Kuhl wasn't an ignoble prize winning piece of research but it does relate to the central question. Are there health benefits from riding a roller coaster? Or rather are there health negative impacts from riding a roller coaster? And after all, with 300 million roller coaster riders annually, it's a pretty popular recreational activity. If you compare it to, say, a sport like soccer, well, maybe there's something that needs to be investigated. Now, it's very important to say that roller coasters are very safely engineered and designed for maximum customer enjoyment, but also safety. But the precise effects of a roller coaster on the brain is something that these researchers were very keen to analyse. And that was published in the Journal of Neurotrauma in late 2017. Now what's interesting is they took now what's interesting is that these research measured and compared the brain movement and displacement and deformation during a roller coaster ride to, let's say, other activities like heading a ball when you're playing soccer, or maybe running, which is another very common activity. Now, when you have running or heading a ball lightly in soccer, your brain does move around a bit. And if you've ever headed a ball in soccer, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And what they found is that the peak change in angular velocity varies differently between that you experience on a roller coaster and what you experience when you're hitting a ball. For example, when you headbutt a ball in a soccer game, well, you experience about 5.6 radians per second of head movement with the ball with your head reaching a speed around 7 meters a second, which is pretty fast. Inside your skull, your brain is actually moving around by about four millimeters with a surface displacement and some strains in key areas by about 7.6%. And 
And that is important. But key here is that it's actually below what we have for results for a concussion. Your brain can handle that kind of movement, jostling, and strain. But what they found for a roller coaster ride is that you experience a higher peak velocity, 9.9 reds a second, which is significantly higher. And you experience more brain displacement and strain. So that means riding a roller coaster can be a bit more damaging for your head than headbutting a ball or just running along. But it's important to understand potentially the head motion and brain movements inside your head as you rattle around a roller coaster. The study is definitely not suggesting that roller coasters present a risk of brain injury, but they do need further longitudinal studies, particularly if you're going to ride a roller coaster hundreds of times in the name of scientific research or medical treatment. So just something else to keep in the back of your mind. And this is some great research being done by a team of researchers from, from University of British Columbia. This has been the Young Scientists of Australia's this podcast. This week we heard the about Grange the Way. Nobel Prize 2018 in medicine going to Wartinger and Mitchell for their great work in tying together treatments for kidney stones and roller coasters. Plus, we also found out about the dangers of riding roller coasters. Our ending theme was composed by Audio and Head to ysa.org.au for more information about the Young Scientists of Australia. <laughs>